right, Psalm 133. Uh, we continue through the Song of Degrees. This is the second to last one. Um, three verses long and a uh, emphasis on unity. Um, and uh, there's always a need for uh, messages on unity within the Christian world and, uh, and within the church, of course, as well. Uh, we see this is a, uh, of David. And so David is the psalmist here. And again, it's given to us by inspiration of God. But we see, verse, we'll read all three verses. It says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. We could spend an hour on that verse probably. We won't tonight. Uh, it is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, uh, that went down to the skirts of his garments, uh, as the dew of Hermon and as the dew of des uh, that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessings, even life forevermore. So we see the, uh, the strong emphasis on unity in these three verses. And I love that first verse. It's just a, it's a reminder, right? Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren and and uh, uh, assumed here for sisters as well. Uh, brethren, to dwell together in unity. So it's given us two different words uh, here that have the similar meanings, right? I'm pulling up the, uh, well, technically I guess it's Greek, but the Hebrew of it as well. Uh, let's see here, sorry. Uh, so how good and how pleasant. The word good is from uh, the, one of the broader terms of good. Uh, it can be used as a noun uh, and as well as a, a plural, so like a good thing or good things as well. It's also used to describe as an adverb, uh, like things that are, are well, beautiful, best, better, those sorts of things as well. So, uh, so it's good and it's pleasant, and the word pleasant means delightful. Uh, so good as, as the broadest sense of the word is and delightful as, uh, as pleasant as it is, right? For the brethren to dwell together in unity. And my Bible has an exclamation point at the end of this verse as well, which is, again, I'm not a grammar person, but that, that means something. There's a, there's a, 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 there is an exclamatory sentence. It is there to exclaim something, and what it's exclaiming is that it's good to be unified. Think through uh, David's life as king um, and the amount of division that was in his kingdom. And uh, you got to believe that, you know, and I've been a part of programs where there hasn't been uh, great unity. And uh, it's just constant, just hardships if there's not unity. If you walk into a room and the person that you're in a room with you don't like, that you're not happy. You can't be happy, right? Uh, you walk in, you're just like, ah, oh, that person. They didn't say anything. Haven't even looked at you. But you're just like, ah. And now your whole day is ruined. Um, and so, so you don't have a good day and you don't have a pleasant day as a result of it. Church has been, I've seen churches like this before where people walk in and it's like, ah, oh, that person hasn't died yet. And they walk in and it's like, why are they here? And it just ruins their whole day. Uh, how sad it is that in the Christian life that we have moments like that in churches where we walk in 
And we can't have a good or pleasant day because there's not unity within the church. It's amazing how ruined uh, a church service can be for lack of unity. Um, I think about this as uh, growing up at camp and seeing teenagers and things like that. If, uh, if a boyfriend or girlfriend has, well, I guess it works true with church too, husband and wife, whatever, but um, has an argument right before the service, they're not paying attention to the service. They're not getting anything out of it. Um, you know, friends, uh, two 10-year-olds have an argument right before the church service. They're not paying attention. They're not getting anything out of it. There's nothing good or pleasant coming from it. And then their day is ruined, their night's ruined, whatever it may be. And, and so you understand, we've seen it all throughout life, right? But when we are unified, how good and pleasant it is. Church services um, hinge on unity. Uh, you cannot have a productive church that's not unified. You cannot have a welcoming church that's not unified. It won't work. When visitors walk in, they can tell there's something off, if there is something off. And, uh, you know, there, we've experienced that even, even within the life, short life of this church, where it's been described as a cloud that was over the church. You walked in, you could just feel it. Something was wrong. Something was off. And then when the unity got right, that cloud disappeared. And everybody was happier. Everybody was more pleasant. And that's what unity does. Uh, there's strength in unity. There's the story of the uh, dad who had his son go out and pick up a stick. And he said, break the stick. And so the kid snapped the stick. And, uh, and they said, okay, grab two sticks. And the kid grabbed two sticks. He says, all right, snap both of them. And the, the kid snaps both sticks. He grabbed three sticks. And so the kid grabbed three sticks, and he goes to snap the three sticks, and he couldn't do it anymore. And the dad teaches the son, that's what unity is. When you have unity, you have strength. Um, if, you, if you grab a handful of sticks and try to break them, it's not as easy as snapping one stick. Uh, because there is unification going on. And the same is true in a relationship. The same is true in a church. I mean, this is talking about the brethren. Uh, so the same is true within amongst a, a community of Christians that are unified, it's a lot harder to break. Uh, in, a, in a dysfunctional or divisive setting, you'll watch Christians fall left and right. They'll just snap, snap in half. And you watch them and you'll see them in church and then out of church. And you'll see them one by one begin to disappear because there's no unity. And where there's no unity, there's nothing good and there's nothing pleasant. And therefore, things break. But behold, bless, uh, that's the next, the next song. Behold how good it is and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Then he uses the example, verse number two. It's like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, and even uh, Aaron's beard uh, that went down to the skirts of his garments. And we just see very simply here this uh, pleasant or refreshing oil. Uh, given and, and ordained uh, at times and, and just this falling down of, uh, and we're really kind of looking more at the, the blessings so-called of, of this as well, but it, it's describing how maybe for us it would be a better picture to look at slime. That's a little bit more common today than ointment. 
Um, if you were to pour a bucket of slime over someone's head, it would begin to fall down and cover the entire body. Or how about one that we would all love, chocolate syrup. Uh, you pour chocolate syrup over someone's head. We can all relate with that, right? Uh, and it just begins to cover everything. It's a description of unity. That's what unity does. Uh, it, it, it encapsulates it. It covers everything. Uh, it starts at one place and works its way through. And unity does just that. As an ointment would roll down uh, the, from the head, roll on down, so does unity. It starts and it, in, in, and it encases everything with it. And uh, that's what unity is supposed to be. It is supposed to be this um, uh, encapsulating. And really the first part of verse 3 is the same picture as the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. It's just that, that covering. Unity is supposed to cover. Um, and again, you think about, um, oh no, the verse just slipped my head. I had it and now it's gone. Um, covers a multitude of sins. Love. Love covers a multitude of sins. You can't be unified without love. And so, uh, and so that, that love covers. That's what unity is. It's not a hiding. It's not a sweeping under. But it covers. It encapsulates. It, it brings us together. It allows us to love. It allows us to forgive. It allows us to restore. Unity is, that's all a part of unity. And, uh, and so as the dew covers the ground and the mountains, as the ointment covers the head and runs down to the beard and to the skirt, and as the slime or the chocolate syrup could encapsulate us, man, that would have been a great illustration. Maybe Sunday we'll do that. Uh, we'll get somebody else to do it. Uh, but uh, uh, as it runs down, as it covers, that's what unity does. It covers. And then we see the last part of verse 3. It just talks about the blessings of unity. Uh, and it says there in verse 3, the last, the last half of the verse, for there... Uh, the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. Is there a greater blessing in the world than everlasting life? There's not. I'll answer it for you. There's not. And, uh, and unity uh, results in um, a blessed life. If the Bible says to love your neighbor, and it says to especially love, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but especially love your brothers and sisters in Christ, we know that the Bible teaches us that obedience is blessed. And so if we are going to love and cover and unify together with one, one another, then we know that the blessing is going to come. And the pleasantness and the goodness of unity turns into the pleasantness and goodness of your life. And you know, it's funny, the older I get and the longer that I pastor, the more that I understand how much division hurts, how much it affects one person. It affects the whole church, but how much it affects one person. And you can just see in their life the downward, I'll say downward spiral. It's not always a, a huge fall or anything like that, but you can see the lack of goodness and the lack of pleasantness in someone's life who is causing division. You can see the hurt in people who are a result of division but you can see uh, um, the affected life of someone who's causing division. And, you know, it's funny, I won't say names, but in our, in a, in a in our previous church, there was, there was someone who was just divisive. And I'm not sure that I ever saw her smile. Um, 
there was always something to complain about. There was always something to be angry about. There was always something to argue about. And it was just grumpy all the time. And it affected her relationship with her family. Um, it affected how many friends she had uh, that would go and spend time with her. And, and, you know, I just look at that now. I can look back and go, my goodness, what would have happened in her life or how much different would her, her life be if she was, she was unified with the church instead of divisive within the church? Now, again, it goes deeper than that, right? It's the relationship with God and, and obedience to God and, and all those sorts of things. Um, so it's not just being unified. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's about being right with God ultimately, and that's what makes us unified. Uh, common vision, common sight, uh, one, one mind in Christ, all those sorts of things. But, um, you know, it's just amazing to me because I can look at it and just look back and, and look at different times in, 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 in the churches that I've been in and be able to just to see how it affects somebody to be divisive. And God here so plainly tells us in verse 1, it's good and pleasant for the brethren to dwell together in unity. And it's an area I've learned a lot about in recent years, the importance of being unified, even in differences, how to be unified in Christ. And uh, I think it's something we got to focus on and pray about and seek God's help for, because clearly the Lord blesses unity. He spends multiple verses in different sections of the New Testament talking about the importance of it in the church. And, um, you know, and, and he would have talked about it in Psalm had the local church existed in Psalm, but uh, it hadn't existed yet. But God knew what he was talking about. And hence the reason the Old Testament is just as inspired as the New Testament. And, uh, and God gives it to us very clearly here. You need to be unified together with the brethren. Um, and there's blessings in that. So there's beauty in unity and there's blessings in unity. Let's make sure uh, we get to experience both. Lord, help us to be unified. Uh, and Lord, I pray that um, you would guard our hearts and protect our minds. And Lord, that you would grow us to love people better uh, and more effectively. And uh, Lord, we just pray for your help over our church and that you would continue to unify it. Keep us on a common goal, common vision. Help us to accomplish that as well. Uh, we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I'm going to turn that recording off, Brett. And you should have a new prayer list. Uh, you need to get to run one back to the...